this is that other sports show. Let's go. gentlemen happy holidays it is official tomorrow is thanksgiving 2023 the turkeys should be brining right now the hams as well the roast beef platters the veggie platters that nobody really eats should have been boughten already the little weird sandwich trays they should be in somebody's refrigerator right now i mean we should be in full bore Get out the, the sweatsuit so my belly can hang freely tomorrow afternoon while I sit back and watch some damn football and drink whatever it is that you're planning on drinking. Folks, we're entering the holiday season by giving you the newest episode of that other sports show. Last week, one week hiatus. We're allowed to do that. You know why? Because we don't get paid and we don't have bosses. We are our own bosses. We make up our own schedule. So that's what you get for that. Uh, but we had a UFC event happen, pay-per-view. We saw a huge changing of the guard, potentially, right? Jay and I will touch on that. We also seen a bunch of football games, some that mattered uh, not a lot, some that mattered a little tiny bit. Uh, we'll talk about some of that, plus give you the updated betting odds for uh, NFL weekend, and uh, that starts tomorrow as well. And then we have our first ever Black Friday NFL game. Very Yay. weird, right? Very it's weird. super weird. We're going to talk about that too and get through all the betting odds, give you all of our <coughs> bets, hopefully make you some money this holiday season to help pay for little Johnny's bicycle that you may or may not be able to afford. Without further ado, though, let's get into some of the holiday festivities by introducing my man, my brother from another mother, out in Fresno, hot-ass California, Mr. Jason Valdez. All we try and do on the show is win you money so your kids can have nice Christmas gifts, so you can have that white Christmas, or maybe the green Christmas, however you look at it, and not green like the, the Grinch, of course. Uh, and we just want to provide for your Thanksgiving table. If you're listening to this, post-Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving Day, if we're lucky enough to get it out prior. Happy holidays. We appreciate you joining us. Uh, quick house cleaning. Shout out to Rob Nakamura for coming on our last podcast. Jesse, was that the worst recording that we've ever put out with regards to the audio? Oh, yeah, by far. Like, we've had some that have been pretty difficult. Um, again, so... It was weird. So when you and I do this show, you get a link, you log into the link. And then it's just it just shows you and I. Last week for some reason extra link. And I feel like uh somehow we actually linked into the same show as like host, co-host and caller. So somehow it was like actually like hitting my voice like twice as it was if, bad. if as if it was another person trying to speak. And so my my side of things was terrible. Rob's was magnificent. And the biggest shout out I have to give to Rob is if he was hearing what I was hearing, because I could hear my own oh, self. Oh, God. Okay. If, I, if he was hearing what I was hearing, 
he gets the gold star of the week for just being able to interpret everything that was said and asked to him and give an appropriate response. Rob Nakamura at JSpec the host on X. Please go and follow him. He does a ton of giveaways. He's got some stuff going up on YouTube. He works with some folks that are bigger in the MMA industry as far as like media and stuff are concerned. He goes, he gets some interviews, he gets to talk to people, meet people, greet people, and give cool things away. So at JSpec the host on X. He did a fantastic job of rolling with it if he was dealing with the same audio issues that we were. And uh, at some point, Jess, just to really lift the Wizard of Oz curtain, I think that the the first day you put it out, the following day I was in the gym and I started listening and within within 30 seconds I texted you and I said, we, we should pull this. We might want to consider just completely fucking And guess this. who didn't do that? Me. I said, you know what? I said, Credit to you. This. I'm leaving Credit it up. Credit to you. Rob worked hard, man. So Rob's a you cool know what, guy. Dude? Credit and, to and... you. I really do want to give you credit because <laughs> let me say this. Because if you wouldn't have, if you would have just said, you know what? You're right. It does sound like shit. I'm going to pull it. I would not have went back and listened to it and just fast forwarded through all of you. Because when you fast forward <laughs> through all of you, Rob. shout out to Apple for having, uh, what is it, Apple podcast for having the 10 second button. So I could just skip 10 seconds of you sound doing echoey as shit <laughs> and just listen to Rob's actual amazing takes. Yes. So it, it, it ended up working out. I enjoyed his portion of the interview. And Jess, moving forward, if this ever happens again, we have to have an alternate plan. What I have I, so I've already I've already made up fun. my no, mind. Stop Here's the interview. Plan. So Let me hear it. the first when when it first started, so like I said, I'd sent out a link, something had happened. It, it felt like there was two of me, and literally there was two of me, and then there was Rob. Now Rob somehow was was like reading everything I was I was coming at him perfectly. I don't know how he did it. Like that guy, that guy just he like he manifested himself and he was like I I can understand what he's saying right now. Uh, so in my head I kept thinking if I just hang up and cancel this show and just shoot him out another link and just do it again, like he's okay with that and then we can potentially fix this original problem. But by the time my, my issue was, by the time that that idea hit me, I was already, we were already a good like 30 minutes into the show. I'm like, am I wow. going to erase 30 minutes? No, of, you can't. Of, I can't do that. Like Once you started, you can't go back. Yeah. It's like sometimes you're going somewhere, you need to get to a destination and you forget some shit. You're just going to fucking say, I'm too late. I'm already in. I'm already, I forgot my phone. I'll go without it. I forgot my wallet. I don't need it. I'll go with that. I'll use my fucking phone. To pay for shit. Like you, at some point, you realize I forgot my sweater and it might be cold. Fucking, I'm 20, 30 minutes in. There's no going back. The only there was thing no going here's, back. here's the only thing to go back on is for you gym rats out there. I, if I leave my headphones, I'm leaving. I'm not. I'm not staying. I'll go back. That's home. fair. I won't come back. That's fair. I'll go. Can home I tell you this? There. You'll love this. Speaking of <laughs> today's workout, I was about 15, 20 minutes in, and my headphones said. Uh, low battery and I immediately went I'm cutting my workout short 20 minutes because there's no fucking way that I'm going to be sitting here and these bitches go dead on me so I strategically altered my workout took out the cardio Jess nice. and just hit my weights and then hit my sauna 
And on the way out, I would, I Lord knows how much battery, I, a sliver, I would guess, of battery, 1% if even if I'm lucky, as I'm strolling out of that beach and they're currently charging. So you and I are on the same page. There are, there are very few exceptions, but no headphones in the gym or dying headphones in the gym. That's an enormous exception. I have two sets of headphones, Jesse, for this. I have my actual Beats headphones and then an old, old uh, Hesh 3 uh, fucking uh, Skull Candies nice. that I love, that I absolutely love. See, nothing negative about them. I Shout love out them. to Skull Candy. Oh. They were the first gym headphones that I actually bought. And, and Dude, and you know me. They're, they're I need the big headphones. headphones. They go over your ears. Yes. I need the big ones that go over your ears. I'm not sticking no fucking uh, buds in my no. ears. I'm not doing that. So... I'm old. I need big headphones. I need big I need headphones fucking... for all of you that need some TMI. My, the inside of my ears are shaped weird, man. Like, it's just, they don't hold the buds. The buds always fall out. People, you tried people, the buds? Yeah, I've tried them. People say, well, get the buds with, like, the moldy stuff at the end, right? They'll mold into your ear. But That's every weird. time I move, I sit on a bench, I move, I get up, I go get some water, I come back. Damn things have budged out of my ears. So well, you have only, an iPhone. Are only, you trying to use... Only over Are the you top trying to use the fucking ear, the eye, the iPhone earbuds? Well, I've tried those, and then I've tried some. Those Sony's. are falling right the fuck oh, out. Yeah, right? those, I, those are falling right the fuck I, out. I I firmly believe that when Apple came out with those, they were they were literally just tricking you into giving them money for a uh, worthless product. I I don't know anybody them. out there that can that can have a positive thing to say about Apple earbuds. Come on, people. They're, no, they're, I have a few people. So there's like, dude, come to California, you'll see motherfuckers walking uh, hey. with one of them all day long. There he is. There it is. Hey, uh, here's another reason for you to hate California. Just stuck up snooty northern and southern California pricks with one earbud in oh, their no. ear. And you go, you're like, hey, well, uh, you you know, like, like, let's say that ear is facing an opposite direction. And you're like, hey, can I get directions? Or, hey, uh, what, uh, oh, I'm sorry, I'm on the phone. And then but they, but they won't even do that. They'll just point to their other ear. Uh, they'll put like, they'll, they'll put their the hand point? up. They'll put the hand up uh, and then they point to the other ear. But now, you know, it's you're in not, your line of vision. You're getting more respect in, in Minnesota, vision. you know, than, than you are from California. You're like, and you're like, oh, you're not the prick. I'm the prick because I didn't realize the opposite side of your head that's holding the earbud that I can't see. You're taking a phone call. My bad, G. I'll Jack find right asses. Now, that's us. Yeah. Listen, uh, I, and, I, and I just came from Southern California, so trust me. I got, I, I, we got a lot of pricks there. I'll tell you right fucking now. So tell All me, right. tell me a story. Tell me a story about Thanksgiving. Uh, you got Thanksgiving tomorrow, man. And Thanksgiving we talk about this, we do this um, about every every year. We have a show <clears throat> right around this time, right before Thanksgiving. Yep. So give me some, give me some ends on what's going on in the. Valdez you know what? It's, this is this is interesting. So shout out to the probably one or two people that I'll be hanging with on Friday that listen to this because I'm gonna be Thursday is cool, tomorrow's cool. I'll have Thanksgiving. The family's coming over. Ninety-seven year old grandpa rolls over. We cannot have anybody else in my house when my 97 year old grandpa comes over because he feels like it's too many people. If it's anybody without the last name Valdez. So we'll do something with the family, like around noon to two, but I'll pretty much be dialed in for football games for majority of the day. It's pretty nice. I'll have everybody out relatively quickly. Friday is the big shindig. Friday is going to be the friends giving where I'll be hanging out with big baller, Brian listener of the show, my boy, baby humps, 
uh, and probably people that I've known for 10 years. I've known majority of these people for 10 years. Um, and we're just all going to fucking get together. We're all taking food. There's going to be turkeys, hams. Uh, everyone brings their fucking kids. And it's just the reason for probably, tw- I would honestly say there's going to be about 25 people at this shindig. And it's just a big collection of people that just showing up, showing love, hanging out. I This circle never hangs out with this circle. I like to, because everyone's going to put their own circle of friends over, right? I like to picture it as like, the Avengers Endgame when all the fucking portals open up and everybody just rolls out. It's it's so rare to get all of these people in the same place at the same time. And the big concern recently has been like, oh, we don't we don't want the next time we all hang out to be somebody's funeral. Yeah. So we're uh we're all fucking getting together. And uh I don't drink, so I'll probably be partaking in a little bit of uh, cannabis sativa and a little of this and a little of that. And I'll probably a little have bit a, about a little bit of the uh, non-alcoholic bubbly, and then a little bit of the. <laughs> you know what I'll probably be sipping on over there? I'll probably be sipping on a little G Zero yeah. while I'm watching, and a little bang. I'll walk in there with a bang. I'll I'll fire a bang down real quick, and then if, if there's one person in this universe that deserves a bang sponsorship, it is you, dude. I you know what the trip too is I'm, and I and I'm and I'm surprised by this. I think that there's a a real big, like, uh, how do I say this wave of people that are now drinking prime. Like, I think my bang drinkers have now migrated to prime or rain. And I'm not fucking with either of those. I'm not fucking with either of those. (laughs) I'm really not. I'm not. So I don't, I had a, I had a prime before, so I don't have a negative thing to say about it. I showed up at the gym one day Somebody gave me one for free. I was like, I need some pre-workout. Let me fucking drink it. I drank it. It did. It was sufficient. Was it as good as my three quarters of a scoop of bucked up? No. But, I mean, it's different caffeine levels. So, here we are. It did the fucking trick. So, got nothing negative to say about a free one, but I'm not paying for one. I'm fucking going and getting a bang. Getting a, getting bang. a fucking getting purple a haze. I'm getting the sour ends, and I'm fucking kicking back. So, that's what I'm doing, Jess. What are you, you, you having the grandkids over? What are you doing? Yeah, so the family's coming over. The grandkids are going to be here. Uh, I, I'm taking – so, you are the – you're the smoker. You're the barbecue guy. Like, you, that. that's your gig. I, I would barbecue during the summertime. I'm not necessarily going to barbecue anything or smoke anything uh, during the wintertime. Well, I probably should try. But so what I did is, uh, number one, just to recap, I'm not a big turkey guy. I, I eat a lot of turkey because it's fully packed with protein and very, 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 very low fat content. So for workout purposes, I eat a ton of turkey. But that means that when it comes to Thanksgiving time, I really am kind of turkey burnt out. And I would I would much rather have a ham. Typically stick with the ham. This year, I said, you know what? What if I do something crazy and different? I'm going to go a little nutty here. I was running around Costco, which, by oh, the way, you, you, you run around I Costco. I know what's coming. So what I found is a fully cooked, fully smoked turkey. I no, bought... this is what I was not ready for. That wow, is what I no did. Shit. I bought that bitch for 65 bucks. That's cheap. That's a great deal. 20 pounder? How many pounds it, is that? Uh, it's probably close to 20 pounds. It's pretty big. It's a pretty big turkey. Give it a take. 
It's a pretty big Dude. turkey, anywhere from probably so, like I'd say seventeen to twenty pounds. Like I, I mean, it's in that range, right? So enough to feed a family. And, fuck yeah. And so I was like, you mean I can just stick this bee in my oven for two hours? It come out, it's fully smoked. That smell's gonna be roaming through my house. I'm sold. So I said, you know what? I'm I'm buying this thing, and that's what I did. That is the best. That is. Oh, you know. So I thought you were gonna zag on me and say, oh, I I got a prime rib. I spent hundred and fifty dollars on a prime rib, which I was like, wow. I ain't making hundred and fifty dollar prime rib money. Not, not yet, man. Yo, yeah, like wow, you are buying. <laughs> I mean, it's it's very. It's listen. It's there's a reason that prime rib rib is rare because it's expensive and it's uh very rare that you see people having it so i this was my dad's gimmick every few years that he would he would go uh well you got to come out this year because i'm doing the prime rib and then everybody everybody would perk up and go oh well fuck guess i'm driving driving getting in the car driving an hour for a slice or two of prime rib (laughs) but no listen the smoked turkey is the way to go I love that thought process. I didn't even know uh, Costco sold one of those. I was just in, in that fucker about two, three weeks ago, grabbing stocking stuffers for the kids. And uh, yeah, holy shit, you're doing it. So listen, you're doing it. You're doing the grandpa thing. You're, we're fully locked in for the holiday season now. I bought my Christmas tree last night, decorated the tree last night. Very nice. Every everything's up, everything's ready. All we have four Christmas trees in my home right now. Wow. Yes, our normal, so our actual store bought green tree, which we got last night. We have our warrior tree, which we've had forever, which is a fake tree, but a really nice fake tree that I bought a uh, day after Christmas at Target for like sixty percent off. It's got lights and Always shit already. Right after Christmas. Very sneaky, got that bitch. We have a, a small, I don't, my wife calls it a Charlie Brown tree, but it doesn't look like a Charlie Brown tree to me because it's got some life to it. It's just small, but she wraps a few white lights around that bed. She keeps it pretty simple. And then we have a flocked white mini tree, which stands as well in a corner that has like minimal stuff on it. So... That's our four trees, Jess. That's how we rock and roll. My wife, if, if you allow my wife, she'd probably do six of them bitches. But I mean, there comes a point where it's like there's no more room in the in our house because there's fucking you're moving around the trees. The next shit. step is just planting them up your house somewhere. Just I just sawing them down and it saved me about sixty fucking bucks. <laughs> but you know what? One more thing on this on the here, this is what we do, ladies and gentlemen, during the holidays. If you listen to this show for several years, you know we can go a little long with this shit. Jesse's a grandpa. What are you going to do? Exactly. Come on. Uh, I think about it like this. Uh, I think the price of Christmas trees has went up so much in the past 15, 20 years. And the tree that I used to be able to like, uh, hustle for, you know, oh, this is a $25 tree I'm getting for 20 is now like $70. So when I was kicking the kicking the tire on the trees last night, I was like, oh, I found one for $69.99. Perfect height. Let's get the fuck out of here. So $70 for that real fucking tree last night. And it's not like the super, super fancy one. It's like the mid-tier, but high. Like it's probably about eight feet. So They say the price okay. of eggs and gas and all these other things. Folks, Christmas trees have risen exponentially. It's ridiculous. It's just a tree. You use it for, you know, a month, you know, 
You, you t- usually most people, I think, take it down on average like the day after Christmas. Some people leave it up till the first. But I mean, you're using the thing for a month. You're paying 70, 90, 120 bucks for a tree. Come on, folks. Let's, let's... Some people laugh at that. Some people here are saying that we buy a $100 tree. They laugh at that. They go, two fifty for our tree. Fuck out of here. Yeah, what are you talking about? Those ballers that are eating prime rib. That's right, man. That's who it is. The ballers got, eating prime listen, rib every day. These motherfuckers in SoCal are eating prime rib. They're <laughs> fucking hopping. They they got the two hundred dollar flock trees. They're hopping in their Jaguars. They're fucking eating up the freeways. They're sons of bitches. Sons of bitches. Jess, I've got our UFC card up two ninety five. We missed. We've missed reviewing it. There's been a ton of stuff already said about it, but I do want to get our two cents on it. We want to start by shouting out our girl Loopy. Godinez once again Woo. with a victory, a close victory. Yes. I'll be honest, Jess. Only fight I watched on the prelim card. Went out of my way to catch this fight. Uh, I watched it too, but that was for two totally different reasons. They now, <laughs> but it now. was. It, but, but what? But with that said, was it a close fight? No, it was a very extremely close fight. Uh, I, I think that uh, Loopy <laughs> kind of stole the last round. Uh, Richie was definitely like she was. She was handed to her man. Both drop Loopy's ass. Both these ladies, extremely tough, extremely talented ladies, and I guarantee that both their names are going to be back up in the in the rankings as far as championship contention. You know, we see them fighting again two years when one. It's just kind of how that how the sport works. Yeah, maybe the next time we see them, one of these ladies has a belt wrapped around their waist and they're fighting each other for you know for a, a defense. I like that. All right, we'll keep it moving here. Don't remember much of the Lo- Lopez Sabatini fight. I don't know, remember. Lopez why. kicked him really hard in the face and then rocked him on the ground. Oh, yes. that was it. Yes. In the end, that was it. Diego Goodbye, Lopez. By the way, I I uh, had uh, quoted a, a repost on X of his knockout of Sabatini, and he liked my post. So thank you, oh, Diego Lopez. I didn't even know who you were before this. I haven't said that on the last pod. I said that on the pod with with Rob, you know, and I believe that Rob and I both picked uh, uh, Diego. And uh, and then all of a sudden he he just happened to see it and said, hey, man, I'm going to heart that bitch. So shout out to, to Diego Lopez. Let's keep it moving here. Let's see what I'm, I'm, I'm juggling here. Benoit St. Denis. Big win over so, but, Matt. But, the Rock and Roller Frivola. I, I, I enjoyed Rob and uh, Rob's take here of Matt is everybody loves Matt much like the acclaimed. It's impossible to hate Matt. And I, and I agree, but everyone kind of saw this coming. Matt looked good for a minute, minute or two. He looked good, was doing his thing, was getting his shit off, getting his shit in. And Denise, uh, St. Denise, I, they were talking about it. This guy's like an assassin or some shit. Like he's a, he's a fucking trained like a Navy SEAL level assassin, like a French, the, the, a Navy SEAL version of a uh, French Navy SEAL. That's crazy. He's fuck. He's basically Jesse Ventura, but French. So you gotta watch out these days for these type of cats because they'll fucking snipe you. All I know is this: if you've watched this guy fight, didn't I'll be honest, man. I know I knew about Matt. Matt's huge on social media, huge on Facebook, Twitter, all this stuff, right? He likes to put his stuff out. And he is a Super Bowl likable guy. He's a super talented uh, MMA athlete as well. Uh, I didn't know much about Denis. So I went back, and this guy is, he, he could be, he could definitely be trouble in that division. And being now 13 and 1 in that division, 
or overall, like he he's going to be coming for top contenders in that division. And didn't he do that? Didn't he? Didn't he do the shooter shoot? Oh, after yeah. this fight, he's like, I want Gaethje. Yeah, give me Gaethje. I'll knock that fight. I was like, wow, fuck. Nah, it. he was calling. He called out a couple different guys. Like I was like, damn, like dude gets one big. Why not? If, if this is his biggest win in the UFC, I'm no knock to Matt the Rock and Roller, but. I mean, I don't even think the dude's, you know, like ranked in the top 20. And then uh, same uh, Benoit just comes out and starts just mowing down contenders. I'm going I'm to fight this guy. I'm going to fight. I was like, Damn. I heard somebody, I think it was Anthony Smith. It was the fighter who he said, he said himself, you've got to be really uh, um, articulate is not the word I'm looking for, but almost like pre-planned with who you know you're going to call out in the next, if you win your fight, like calculated. So that way, when the odd makers and the social media start matching it up like thoughts, and they go, oh yeah, that fight actually does make sense. Oh yeah, you know what? We should do that fucking fight. Oh yeah, you know what? Uh, that yeah, that, that that's sexy. That's sexy. Yeah. And and we, we've done it ourselves, Jess, where someone's called someone out. And we went, Oh shit, I want to see that fight. Yeah, you know what's all going on. <laughs> and I and why I do want to see Saint Denise versus like Gaethje or someone like that. It's like you, at some point you gotta also kind of like know your ranking, know your position, where you're at. So I don't see it as a bad call out. I'm sure that others might, but I'm you know, and I'm a big fucking shoot for the stars and land on the clouds type of cat. So I'm I'm, I'm with it. Well, next fight up is Jessica Andraj. Uh, I think that Rob and I both, uh, we both said that uh, Andraj has a puncher's chance. She's tough, but if you look at the record, you know, she's, she's, uh, you know, she, she's one of them, like, win one, lose one, win three, lose two, win one, win one, lose one. That That's the type of, of career that she's had. But she stuck around. Weird she stuck around in the business for a long time. Whereas Mackenzie Dern, oh, God, Mackenzie Dern. I could daydream about her all day. Uh, here's the thing. Mackenzie Dern has come out, and she's looked like a totally different cat. I know that she only had the last fight where she really, really looked like her stand-up had improved so much. It was Angela Hill. Yes, Angela, Angela Hill. Hill. Angela Hill, who, by the way, Angela Hill is one of our favorites on the show. Tough as nails. Probably one of the top five toughest females in the sport, like overall. Like, you can't, like, knock her out. Like, you can beat her up. She's probably going to beat you up a little bit. But love Angela Hill. Mackenzie Dern didn't knock out Angela Hill. She beat her. But she looked really good doing it. Looked very dominant. The stand-up game was the thing that people were worried about because everybody knows about her slick jujitsu. Well, in this fight, Jessica Andrade said, fuck that. I'm going to put hands to her face. And she did. Yeah. I, you know, it's interesting I was shocked at how much abuse Dern and Dern's coaches were taking from the commentary team, where it was pretty obvious here and quickly that Andrade's stand-up game was light years ahead of Dern. And you know, Dern isn't necessarily a paint-by-numbers type of cat, but she's... There's a little bit of the one, two, three there. There's a little bit of the predictability, but she's they kept calling it out. The way she leaves her chin up, her chin is straight up when she's throwing these twos and threes. And it just makes her, you know, a moving target. That at some point, if if you place your hand in the right place, you're you're gonna get a knockout. And within a minute of this fight, I think everybody watching 
whether you're in the arena or on television watching, you're thinking, all right, if she doesn't defend that, if she doesn't find a way to tuck her chin, roll, or something here, this is going to end badly. And it did. It did. But for... It was DC. It was Dean Thomas. It was Joe Rowe. Like everybody's just piling on this motherfucker. Where it was a point where they were like, "Yeah, her stand-up sucks." And it's like, well, I mean, your stand-up can't suck that much to get this far in the UFC. Or maybe we just have this weird top-heavy level of the division where we thought she might be ready for that top-heavy part of the division, and she's not. She got tested by. And I would not call Andrade a gatekeeper. I think she's someone that's always going to be in that title mix, even with her getting towards the end of her career, possibly. But but this is that fight where you go, all right, well, you got to really almost set her to the back of the line again because you can't you can't get beat up that bad and and expect. Oh, I'll hop right back in here and and, and one fight away, I'll be right back. Yeah. In the, uh, championship contention. It doesn't work like that. But <clears throat> I don't. I. If I'm Dern's coaches, I'm fucking sending a DM to all three of these guys. And I'm going, hey, fucking take it easy on her. Or even better, take it easy on me. Listen, I, we train her to tuck her chin when she throws her combination. She doesn't listen. What are you going to do? Fights happen. Shit happens in fights. And um, that's it, Jess. That's really it. She kept her chin high. Andrade kept throwing big overhand rights and big hooks. She was running into straight punches and getting uh, flash knockdowns. Uh, and I'm referring to Dern. Yeah, she get a she get she would get um, almost the pursuit was heavy by Andrade, and then Dern would throw a good straight one two or a good straight right, and it would just sit Andrade on her ass, and she'd pop right back up and keep slugging. It wasn't like she was getting caught, and it was a punch that changed the momentum of the fight. It would just go, all right, you drop me, I'm back up, let's keep fighting. I, I do and, uh, I do have to say that Dern's striking is a lot better. It's it's coming along. But I but mean, that doesn't, yeah, exactly. But there's the but, which is, but it's not level, it's, it's not, not ready for the championship, truly elite level. And to go back to what I was saying, Jess, this is, I, this is where I wonder how top heavy that part of the division is, where it's like you got your Zangs and, and, and Andras and chicks like that. I would hate to see that. Zang versus McKenzie. This is my point. I think there's an enormous drop off yeah. once you get to, to that. And, and, It'll be interesting to see what they do with Dern. If I'm Dern, I'm probably in no hurry to get back into the cage. I think she should probably take three to four months just trying to figure out a little bit more of a better defensive stance when it comes to striking and also not give up on your ground game because that's the shit that got you they got you here in the first place. Like don't don't fall in love with your stand-up, which how many times have we seen great grapplers do? Where they go, Oh, I got a knockout. Oh, I was able to stand with Angela, so I'll be able to stand with Andrage. No, Angela is amazing standing up, but she doesn't have the knockout power that Andrage has. And and you learn that. You learn that in that fight. Yeah. Jess, let's keep it moving here. Aspinall versus the Pavs. I heard you pick the Pavs. We're we we love the Pavs. Uh, Aspinall. I mean, credit to him, man. He just bit. It, it, this seems to me, Jess, like one of those. If these guys fight ten times, does this 
do we get the same outcome seven times for Aspinall? I don't know. Yeah, five and I five. Know. Five I don't know. Or, five. Six that, that's... Or, or six and four. Give six me six and four. One, but but here the, it's one way or the other too. Like I I look, man. Aspinall is a phenomenal athlete. You see that when he's fully healthy, that he can be a danger. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, and, bad, and, 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 and we get that. But here's the thing, man. Paz is a badass dude. I, I guarantee, like, if they fought 10 times, that it's either five and five or six and four. But I'm not, I couldn't even tell you who the six would be. Would it be Aspinall or Paz or would it be, you know, the other way? It, 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 that's how close these two are. But here's the thing that I just wanted to bring up with you real quick before we get too much into this fight, because there really wasn't much to cover in this fight. If Paz was fighting Stipe, who are you taking in that fight? I'd take fucking Paz plus a thousand. If Aspinall's fighting Stipe, who you who are you taking? Aspinall plus 500. See, so my, my point is this. A lot of people, especially the old head cats that were out there, they were really one, John Jones and Stipe. Do you really want to watch Stipe? You, we all seen him come to the fight, right? He looked like Grandpa Stipe. Like he came out there, he was like kind of walking all gingerly and stuff. And no, he like, he, it, he was walking like he needed a cane. Yeah, like is he, what, how he was walking. Now I don't know if that he was training for this fight and fucked his knee up, and maybe he's just kind of recovering from the fucked up knee. Uh, that is uh, reckless speculation on my part. Course. But Je- Jess, that's interesting. I didn't see the wave of. Uh, you know, got people with pitchforks going. We want, we want Stepe. I didn't see a lot of that. I saw some, but I did not see a lot of it. I definitely didn't see enough of it to make me say, "Damn, people really want that fight." Stepe is. I mean, I hate to say wash, but damn, how else do you describe a dude that's in his late thirties that's been fighting or mid thirties that's been fighting? In the heavyweight division for ten or twelve years. Not just that, but he's <laughs> also been doing his fight. So he's a firefighter by trade. And an MMA athlete, like, you know, I don't want to say part-time, but, like, his second yeah, job, no. right? Like, his his other yeah. job is – those are two very physically demanding jobs. Like, and he's been doing this stuff probably since he was a young, young man. And now he's, you know, like you said, Jay, like, he's probably reaching, you know, that midpoint to, like, he's probably closer to 40 than he is to 30. And now you're expecting him to go in there and fight just gargantuans, like – Pavlich is quick. Okay, he got caught. We all it happens to a lot of good fighters. Jason and I say it all the time in the heavyweight division, everybody's got hands, right? Everybody can knock everybody out. Well, he got caught, but I'm just saying, Stipe, even in his last couple fights, has looked a notch or two slower than when he was in his prime. For a very long Pat time. Pat would have knocked Stipe back into the Stone Age. I'm telling you, like, it would have been a done deal. We would have seen, uh, it, I think, I think either it would have been a big teams. KO, Pat standing over him, pounding his chest like a like a big old ape. And, and if it was Aspinall, I think Aspinall probably finishes, finishes Stipe the same way he finished Jeff, Tell me if this sounds fucked up. I don't want to see Stipe in any fucking fight, period, unless it's maybe the Black Beast in a super fight. I can't think of any other fights. Uh, Fedor? I can't think of any fights that that really make me go like, I want to see that fight. Even when Steve Bay and Bones was announced, Jess, we were here talking about, there. It's, it doesn't get me horned. It doesn't really do anything for me. And we were saying when they made the fight, well, this is the fight for Jones to fucking get another W in the heavyweight division. And then he'll be able to walk around and talk about his greatness when the reality is 
He probably beat he beat a dude who probably was a little bit wet behind the ears and not ready for the moment and gone to get the belt. And then he'd be beating up a dude that probably should have retired after his Cormier loss. True. Or the Nagano loss. None, like none of those are none of those are lies right there, folks. None of those are lies. There's so I don't I don't see any intrigue but for Steve Bay. But let me say this. Let me I want to move to the future. Let's get away from the past. I want to see Aspinall versus Bones. There is some interest there for me. And honestly, Jess, I think that's a winnable fight for Bones. I can see a scenario where Aspinall gets caught in the moment. That's an enormous fight for him. This isn't you're taking a fight on 10 days notice, 14 days notice, and you ain't got the time to go through the mental hurdles that you'll have to go through uh, going through a three-month camp fighting John Bones Jones. And he talked about it during this during the post-fight. And at the press conference, like the mental hurdle that he had to go over and he had his dad to help him, his corner to help him, even taking this fight on a 10-day notice where he was doubting himself. You, you're going to tell me he's not going to be doubting himself fighting Bones Jones when you're a dude that's, what is he, 24 years old, 25 years old? You're fucking playing video games with John Bones Jones. You were in the backyard fucking pretending to be John Bones Jones. You trained probably fucking around saying, look, I'm throwing kicks like John Bones Jones. Like, I hate to use the word idolize, but you probably looked up to this dude. A lot of fighters do. How do you not? The guy's fucking fantastic. And so I think that that fight, Jess, is a winnable fight for Jones because I could see Jones getting a fucking ankle pick and taking him down. And all of a sudden, Aspinall's looking at the lights and he's going, damn, I wasn't ready for this. I wasn't fucking ready for this. Um, I can also fucking see Aspinall with them fast fucking hands, two-piecing Jones and Jones getting sent to the fucking shadow realm. I know we never see that. I know that's like, oh, well, we never see that. But, uh, dude, heavyweights with power are different and heavyweights with speed and power. And that was the difference in this fight to me, Jess. I know it was only a minute long. But watching his speed and his speed with the right hand behind the jab, woof, it's a mother. And that you don't get that type of speed in the heavyweight division. So that that to me was was the ultimate equalizer. And I think that you know it's tough for Sergey Jess. I think he will be back, and I don't want to say back of the line for him because that heavyweight division is so weird. But he's gonna need one, maybe two big wins here. Because where, what is Aspinall doing? He's waiting for Jones. There's no fucking fight that he's trying to take other than that Jones fight, right? If you're Aspinall, you're Aspinall's people. You're not taking another fucking fight with Sergey unless unless they say, hey, it's been a year, Bones ain't fighting. You got to take this fight. What are you doing there, Jess? The, the, the best thing is, is the Bones injury was a torn pec. Torn pec uh, requires surgery in, in probably three to six months. Uh, to fully heal, and then once it's healed, it's not gonna it there it's not gonna get any worse, right? So uh, even if we are waiting, we're we're obviously waiting until probably next summer before we see something like that. Uh, I would maybe suggest spring at the earliest to see a, a an Aspinall versus Jones fight. If I'm if I'm Aspinall, uh, knowing my my injury history, knowing how hard that the guy trains. No, I didn't realize Aspinall's six foot fucking five, 200 and almost 70 pounds. Like, he's a ginormous, holy shit, man. Dude, yeah. Like, if I'm him, 
I can see the urge to want to probably take a fight in between. But if I'm his coaching staff, if I'm his management staff, I'm strongly urging him, Tom, wait this out, heal, get to 125%, throw in some tr- some small training here and there just to keep decently in shape, and then wait for Jones to be fully healed and take that fight. Paz, on the other hand, Paz needs to get back, and he needs to get back quick. I don't think that uh, the knockout's going to keep him out for too long. I don't even think it was like a straight-up knockout. I think it... I mean, they considered it an, an, a KO, but I don't think yeah, they no, he, fully he went wasn't out, out right? flush. Like, he wasn't out flush. It's going to be one of those things where you got to take six months off, but no, he got caught. He's going to have to wait it out. Whatever the, the medical, you know, whatever the medical team says, he's going to have to wait it out, whether it's two months or three months or whatever, but I don't think it's going to be no six-month wait. I think it's going to be less than three months. And if I'm Pavs, I'm already in the gym. Like, I'm, I'm he better be in the gym today. He should probably be in the gym tomorrow before he eats a bunch of food. Uh, he should probably be in the gym tomorrow night. I mean, he he needs to be getting in there and and training. Uh, I don't think that there's anything a part of of Pav's game that necessarily needs to be strengthened. I think that what happened against Aspinall was uh, Sergey was used to fighting guys who just wanted to come out and straight punch, punch for punch. Aspinall said, "Fuck that! I've got good leg kicks. I'm gonna high kick you in the back of the skull, and then I'm gonna you know, and and that's you know, if you don't, to me that just says that Pav wasn't fully prepared." for everything that Aspinall had to bring. So maybe he just needs to study tape a little bit more. You know what I mean? I'll, just, I'll, I'll, I, I would disagree and just say sometimes speed is that ultimate equalizer. And when you when a guy is just faster than you, you guys both have a ton of power, at that point it just kind of goes back, it reverts back to the you guys are both heavyweights, throwing big meaty men slapping meat type of shots, and, and sometimes it's just the, the guy that's faster is going to win. Aspinall's um, speed is pretty phenomenal ridiculous. for a guy his size. And, yeah, and, and, I'm going to keep hammering that. To jump off your thought with uh, an, uh, an Aspinall versus Jones heavyweight championship fight, I don't think that Jones has ever fought somebody faster than him. Not and, and and uh, and well, even at light heavyweight, he's so long and lanky. He does that thing where he kind of like pats you out, and he keeps people at that range. So even if you are slightly faster, by having to cover that much more ground, it actually slows the, his opponent down. And so uh, for Aspinall, though, he's like the, he's going to be the same size. He's going to be maybe even a little bit thicker. And weirdly enough, he's probably going to have the hand and kit in leg speed over John Jones. So the only way that I can see Jones beating Aspinall like outright beating him is he's going to have to go back to old school John Jones where he takes the guy down, he drag he ragdolls him all over the cage. He keeps him pressed on the ground, he keeps him pressed up against the cage, and he keeps it as close and tight of a fight as possible without letting Aspinall up to breathe. Give me an over under just and I'm going to put it at 10 months. Over under that fight happens in 10 months. Under. Wow. I don't know. I just I, the older bones gets. I just think how long does it take to heal from a torn back usually? I'd say I'd say three to six months. Uh, an older cat, six months for sure. Well, okay. So for example, Daquan Jones, defensive tackle for my Buffalo Bills, he tore his pec in the game a few weeks back. That's what's put him on the shelf. They're actually saying that he may be expected to come back before the end of the season. Dang. And he's an older cat himself. So medical marvels, people. Medical marvels. But I uh, now, now I'm, I'm going to, we're spending too much time on this fight, but I would digress and say this. <laughs> 
it's different if I'm putting pads on and I can put protection on and I can put one of those fucking dry fit light shell type of armors on that protects my pack. It's another if I'm going in there with no shirt on and you're just punching right at my fucking pack. You're just punching right at my fucking chest. You're going to high kick right at my chest. I think it's different. All right, Jess, let's hit this main event here. Uh, Alex Perea is a double champ, you would say, two-time champ, a champ in two different divisions, a former champion at one and now a champion in another. Uh, he took Yuri out. I was a little bit surprised, I'll be honest with you. I was, I was leaning Yuri here. But as I was watching this fight, and there was some high-level chest here, uh, I was thinking, man, Yuri's, Yuri's there to get hit, and Alex is going to fucking throw those big bombs. Give me some thoughts on this one, Jess. So I, I picked Yuri just like uh, when Rob and I uh, kind of did this portion of the show uh, a, week or so, a week and a half ago or so. Uh, Rob picked Alex. I picked Yuri. We were split on this. I said, hey, look, man, Yuri's been there. He's been in that seat. He knows what it takes to be the champion. He's a big, strong guy. He's got very good striking skills. His hand speed is very good. He's got a tough chin. Uh, Alex, on the other hand, um, as Rob was saying, is a little bit more explosive, has the kickboxing background. He's been a champion now. Uh, He was a multi-champion in his kickboxing days. He's now a a double champ, so to speak, in in MMA. So he's proved to be probably one of the most elite uh, combat sports martial artists that we've seen in some time. Uh, I didn't take into effect. I just figured that Alex would kind of take some shots um, and then eventually get hit and, and caught by Yuri, similar to what happened against Izzy, uh, where Alex is probably pressing the show, pressing the fight. Uh, Yuri's going to hit him with like a straight, like right down the middle, and then he's going to be able to you know, finish it almost similar to how Izzy finished uh, Alex, but did not happen. What ended up happening was uh, Yuri just basically got beat up pretty good, ended up going to the ground, get smashed out by elbows, and then the ref stopped the fight. Uh, I know Yuri fans especially were saying that the fight was stopped a little too too short, too quick, but even Yuri said himself, guys, I was seeing stars. I didn't know where I was. I was just taking shots. He said, shout out to the ref for stopping <laughs> that fight. So, you so know what? It was, it, my life, actually. it was a good stoppage, and uh, shout out to Alex Perea, who his I think has cemented himself as one of the greats. I mean, I don't know how you cannot say that he's not one of the greats in mixed martial arts. So the fight itself, first round seemed to me like Alex was just beating his legs up, beating his legs up with kicks. There was there wasn't a lot of uh, you say upper body uh, activity, but he was just beating him up with the kicks. Second round is where it got a little bit more fluid. Uh, Yuri I felt got more of a flat base because his legs were beat up wasn't able to be as fluid as he is and uh he got put up against the cage and alex caught him with a fantastic combination i tweeted it while i was watching the fight that i thought the stoppage might have been a little premature just in live time i'm like ah that was quick um but i i was giving yuri the benefit of the doubt um the referee clearly was not um, I know some people were saying the way that he went down plus the positioning that he was in, uh, it makes it fair for the ref in his position to stop the fight. But and I, you can agree with all that stuff, right? Again, the hindsight twenty twenty. But 
when going back and watching the knockout, you're just like, yeah, no, that was pretty flush. He was fucked up. He was he was out. He was he may not have been out out cold turkey, but he was he was fucked up. So he was clearly rocked. So credit to Perea. You know, I I I'm interested in your take here, Jess. He wins the belt and he calls out Izzy. I I had incredibly mixed feelings about it. My biggest being why why. Uh, give me your thoughts, Jess. No, I can I can absolutely understand why you would think why, because that's kind of the same thing I was thinking. Like, is that the only word he can speak in English all of a sudden? Like, is that the only thing he can say? Is is he? Like, I mean, there's a lot of other contenders out there that you could be calling out. And guys, now the light heavyweight division has has long been in need of a superhero esque champion. Uh, you know what I mean? For years, you know, we had like the Chucks and the Tito's and the Randy's and then the, you know, the John Jones and the light heavyweight division has always been elite. And it's just not been elite for maybe like the last probably five to seven years. And what we need is for Alex Perea to be the elite champion that that people want the light heavyweight division to have. It just seems silly. It's almost it's almost like uh it's the only way he knows how to build a fight is by calling out Izzy. Like Izzy's already done said, like, man, I'm taking some time off. Like I'm not fighting. I mean, it could be another year before I come back. Who knows? Like, and you, you call out a dude to me, it just seems silly. It almost seems uneducated. I know that he's not, don't sit there and slander me for it. I, I'm just saying it just seems really silly and an uneducated call out. I mean, you already know the guy's not going to come and fight you. And even when Izzy makes the, the the decision to come back to mixed martial arts, I mean, if I'm Izzy, I don't give a fuck what Alex Perea is and what division, as long as it's not the welterweight division. You want to fight? You want to fight Strickland? You want to exactly. fight Duplass? Uh, you want to fight one of them? One thousand percent. You've already you've already fucking moved on from Izzy. Or let me say this: um, I I think that he looks at it as an easier fight at that weight division where he goes, I don't have to worry about a weight cut. I'm comfortable at 205 now. I think I'll have a better chance of knocking him out at 205 than him knocking me out at 185. And so he sees it more as, and I'm, and I'm assuming here he might've made a little bit more coin in that fight, Probably. whether it's than than these other fights. So maybe, that's why he makes that call out. But dude, you've got Nikita Krylov. I would love to see that fight. Yeah. You've got the Yon rematch. Who's already won online and said, hey, listen, I ain't want to talk shit, but uh, I don't think he won that fight, and I think I deserve a rematch. You've got Ankalev. You've got um, Yamal Hill. I said Yamal like he's a fucking like a Russian or some shit. Yamal. Yamal. So you got <laughs> you got good you got fights there. Like you got you got and honestly. I think that he destroys Jamal, but I still want to see that fight. And I think Jamal deserves his shot because he was the champ prior to getting injured, tearing his spec, and having to fucking wait, you know, wait until he's healthy. There's other fights there. Like, yeah. I, I just don't see what, what the Izzy fight does other than he just sees it as an easier fight. Jess, let's hop out of there. We spent a decent amount of time on that. I, I want to do some incredibly scratch the surface type of levels. Football. No, not yet. No, not yet. Not, not yet. yet. What are we to scratching? The, to the what are we PFL scratching? Bellator ah, opposition. Yes. We just, 
But now, pre-show jazz, what we said was we want to get a real MMA expert like our friend Rob Back, like Nolan King, like one of these other connections that we've made through the years that can actually give us a thorough breakdown of the advantages and disadvantages of this merge or however we're absorption or whatever we're calling it here. Um, I think that there's there's more here that I'd like to deep dive dig on, and I just want to make sure that I've got the proper intel before I go there. I'm really interested in seeing if they're thinking about, okay, so if Paramount or the Paramount Plus people have some interest here, is would they consider putting it on Paramount Plus? Are they going to... Uh, basically swallow up, cherry pick the best fighters from Bellator and stick them in PFL. Would any of the Bellator fighters, like let's say someone like Patchy, want to go into a PFL round robin tournament where he's fighting three times in six months? I would say the answer to that is no. Um, is you know what what's next is is what I'd like to really get into the short term and the long term stuff. Um, and also, you know, at the end of the day, would they consider going, okay, we're going to put our best against, you know, the clash of the Titans, if you will. And we're going to put Ryan Bader against Nagano. I would fucking never do that if I'm the PFL. Cause I think <laughs> Ryan Bader might fuck around and take him down for 25 minutes. And you got an absolute snooze fest. And now your $8 million investment has just got grapple fucked to death. Um, but give give me just some scratch the surface thoughts here, Jess, before we move to football. All right. Quick initial scratch the surface thought is this. What they need to do is use Bellator as the platform for their season uh, buildup. Uh, they need to use it as like uh, who's getting the most wins within that year and then have the tournament, their million-dollar tournament that they have in PFL. <laughs> So you take number one through whatever in each division and you bring them over to the PFL side at the end of the season, wow. right? And then you have those guys starting with the, the champions in each division. They get like a bye week, right? And then you have, a, you know, whether it's a two or a three month tournament at the end of the year where you decide who's going to get the million dollar winner and get to have the, the championship belt at the end of the season. That's and, and I don't even think that you have to give the championship belt away. I think if the champion, but, right? Like if the champion on the Bellator side loses, I think it should have nothing to do. I think what you're doing is in the PFL tournament, yeah. you are going for the million dollars and a big ass like pride style type trophy. It's the million dollars yes. that you're going for. The trophy is whatever. But yeah, let's not make this like Eddie Kingston putting up the ROH and the New Japan Strong title in the Continental Classic. We're not doing that. Let's keep the belts where they are. Yes. But what you're implying here, Jess, is is truly that. You're not just cherry picking. You're just you're grabbing the elite four from the division. Okay. Um, what do you think of this now that we are once again trying giving away free ideas? <laughs> what do you think of them going, okay, we're going to do that, but we don't want to completely devalue and deflower Bellator. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to keep those five through ten there. We're going to keep Cyborg over there because she's a fucking draw, even though I think that Cyborg versus Kayla fight is now more in play than ever. Uh, um do you go, all right, here's what we're going to do, because we want to make Bellator more of our international brand. We're going to spotlight the best talent in 
Thailand. We're going to spotlight the best fighter in Korea. We're going to spotlight the best fighter in Australia that hasn't been signed by the UFC, but regionally is a monster. Regionally is a fucking stud. And we're going to co-main event them. So that way our venues look full. That way we've got the the backing of whoever the fuck is fighting. We're trying to showcase whoever this is, this younger talent, uh, like they used to do on Pride Bushido. But we're also going to do our usual Bellator stuff where we're going to have six, seven fights of the usual Bellator guys. And again, that aren't the top four from the divisions because we've cherry-picked them. Both our five through tens and our up and comers and our guys that are under 22 that are hungry. Um, I think that's there. I think that if you're going to go, let's find a way to continue to make Bellator somewhat profitable. If it's profitable at all, that's again, we're I'm getting out into the weeds and out of the scratch the surface levels here. Um, but but that that is where I where I personally would say let's you know if they gave me uh, the chain of command if you will they handed me the keys I'd say let's try this for a year and let's truly get out of America because you've made it a point you want to keep PFL the American brand that's cool then take Ryan Bader then take uh, Pitbull then take. Uh, this other kid who just won the other night, take them all and fucking let's see how they do. But I think you're going to have this problem, Jess, and then we'll get into the NFL. I think a lot of those guys that are ranked one through four are very well paid. And I think their thought process, like a pit bull, a pit bull's thought process is going to be, dude, I make half a million dollars. I make $300,000 every fight, no matter what. I fight three times a year. I'm going to make a million bucks. Am I really going to fight three times in four months or three times in five months? How would they do that tournament style for a million bucks? Well, with the purchase of Bellator, there has to be some sort of financial like positive for the, for purchasing Bellator. So if you, now that you have all of these contracts, number one thing is, just like when the WWE kind of like went through their mergers and stuff, you've seen a lot of people get, they shit, they got shit canned. And I think that you're going to have to go through the Bellator roster and the PFL roster. You're going to have to kind of figure yeah. out like who makes money for us and who doesn't, who can we send to like, maybe they create like a, you know, like what the UFC has uh, when they have all their new up and comers, you know, the tough show, right? Like maybe you have uh, one idea that I was just brainstorming on while you were speaking is you, you know, you're in New Zealand, right? And you mm-hmm. spot this cat and he's like, you know, he's eight. No, like, you know, he's got a, a eight, no amateur and an eight, no professional or six, no professional, whatever. Could be a killer. You put the cameras on that motherfucker for an entire year. You ride with that guy through training, through home life, through everything. You create a real personal experience of what it's like to be a fighter. And then you come up until he gets like that one big fight, right? You have the whole camera crew all the way up on to hit the lead up of his big ass fight, whatever and wherever it takes place. Win or lose, cameras stay on that guy the whole entire time. Full drama, full experience. A lot of fans get to know some people in and out, and I think that that's another way that they can go. I think there's money to be made with the purchase. 
I'm interested in seeing what they do here, Jess. We've got again free ideas for them if they want to if they feel free to borrow them, go right ahead. They can always just hire us or you know send us a bag of money. We'll I'm trademarking. Us. I'm trademarking my idea right now. If anybody uses that shit, you owe me ten thousand dollars. <laughs> I think ten thousand's low. Ten thousand's <laughs> low. They're gonna make a ten thousand. They're gonna make ten thousand on the gate alone. Ten thousand's low. We need fifty. All right, Jess, let's hop into the NFL. We're not spending a ton of time on shitty games. As always, ladies and gentlemen, we've got your favorite gambling website, Caesar Sportsbook, BetMGM, FanDuel, DraftKings, BetRivers, 365. And we're going to start with our Thursday slate of games. I got some ugly spreads on these, and one of them actually changed, I've noticed. We're going to start with the Detroit Lions and Jesse's favorite coach, they are the first game, the 9-30 game. We have a seven-and-a-half-point spread across the board, Jess. Who you got? Bro Campbell. Bro Campbell. Yes, I'm yes, telling yes, you, yes. Dan Campbell's going to his signature Thanksgiving Day win. I don't think that Detroit's had a Thanksgiving win since Barry Sanders was around. But I'm telling you, uh, Jordan Love had a good week last week, but the Packers still took some time to try to beat a really bad team. The Detroit Lions took a minute to – they almost fucked around and found out against Chicago Bears. But Jared Goff kicked it in the high gear at the right time. I'm telling you, this team is good. And they are definitely leaning on the verge of being a great football team. They've got all the right pieces, and Bro Campbell's at the head of that. I'm taking the Detroit Lions and the points. I was trying to talk myself this morning in the sauna into the Thursday games are going to be weird and don't trust any of the spreads. But this game particularly – I think it should be an absolute lay down for Detroit. I just think Green Bay has started to check out. I don't think they're 3-2-1 Cancun, but they're getting close. Uh, I like Detroit. I love the points. I think you've got a great point there. I think the, the fuck around find out was close for Detroit versus the Bears, but I say this all the time. Good teams find ways to beat bad teams. Yes, they do. Right there as an example. The Niners. And I'll be honest with you here, Jess. I thought this would be a two to a three-point spread this morning when I was kicking the can around. Seven to seven and a half across the board. Why am I not seeing the Cowboys game, by the way? That is uh, on the road. They're playing the Seattle Seahawks. I believe Geno's playing, but he might be taking the needle here. Who you got? Uh, I, I know that Gino got uh, rocked around a little bit last week. I think that that could also play into the seven points on the road for the Niners, plus the fact that I think the San Francisco 49ers are back in business. Brock Purdy no longer has to participate as a seventh-round, last pick of the seventh-round quarterback. He's now got all of his pieces back. McCaffrey's healthy. Debo's healthy. Uh, Ike's healthy. Like, everybody, Kittle's out there playing, playing hard again. This team's ready. They're trying to make that late uh, that late season push. I like the 49ers on the road. There's not much of a drive, right? They're both West Coast teams. It's not that the, the travel time's not going to affect anything. Expect George Kittle to eat, folks. I got the Niners, and I like the points section. I think it'll probably be like a 9 to 10 point win. I don't know why, but for some reason, I had to click a show all button <clears throat> to see all the spreads. This goddamn lines.com is switching up on me. I don't like it. Uh, I like the Niners. For some reason, I hate the points just because I feel like Seattle always plays tough at home, especially in division and especially against the San Francisco 49ers. How many times have we seen this game come down to there's a minute left and whoever has the ball ends up kicking a field goal and winning? 
I like the Niners. I don't like the points, so let's go Niners win. Seattle covers. I think this is going to be something like first to 20 wins. I got the spread up here, Jess, and it's a large one across the board. My Dallas Cowboys seem to be rolling on all cylinders since getting slapped around by the Eagles. I see 12 and a half. I do see 13 at some sites, but let's leave it at 12 and a half. They are at home. They are playing the Washington Click Commanders. Jess, who you got? Um, sorry, I'm fucking around and looking at other football stuff right now. I totally just <laughs> lost track. Uh, you twelve said, and a half. Dallas. What, what, what game or what game were we covering right now? Dallas Commanders. Dallas Commanders. So uh, I, I rarely, rarely will ever in the last like probably three years pick against the Dallas Cowboys. I have been dreaming of the day that we can have a third Super Bowl title match against the Bills and the Cowboys. I'm dreaming of the day. I thought that this year could have been the year. I'm really worried about my squad, at least. Dallas Cowboys, I'm not worried about. They played extremely good football last uh, last week. Dak Prescott was the highest-rated quarterback in the NFL last week. Uh, as long as he's thrown to CeeDee Lamb, which, son of a bitch, throw to CeeDee Lamb all the time. Throw to him all the time. Every single play. It does not matter. That kid is uh, – he is out, he is outrageously talented. I liked, I like the Cowboys, and I like the points. Yeah, 12 and a half is large, and you wonder if they fall asleep at the wheel. Hold on. He, fall asleep at the wheel here on a Thursday. I'm not going to tuck myself into it. Can we get a Pollard game here before the playoffs start where you look like he is going to be a, a bell cow? Because I just haven't seen that. 20 carries, 150-yard, two-touchdown game. Uh, the Dak for MVP talk is lame because he clearly is not the MVP. You can't be the MVP when you lose the two biggest games of the season. I like Dallas. I like the points. Let's keep it moving here. This shows up as November 23rd, which I believe is our Black... This is not our Black Friday game. No, Black Friday is... This is, is another... The... There's four games on fucking uh, tomorrow? No shit. Well, the, today I learned. Uh, the Miami Dolphins, nine and a half point favorite. I see 10 at some websites. It's it's pretty split, but let's leave it at nine and a half. They are traveling to New York. They are playing the Jets. This is in division, Jess, so the nine and a half, it might be a little high. But who you got? Uh Typically, I would say that, but we all saw the uh, return of what I would like to think are the real Buffalo Bills against the New York Jets, who actually lost. It was, you know, lost week one to the Jets. This week, uh, or last week, Bills take care of business. We saw Zach Wilson get benched for uh, Tommy Boyle, I believe. Tommy Doyle. Can't, can't remember the kid's name. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure he used to like bag groceries at like a grocery outlet like uh, the week before, and now he's playing quarterback for the New York Jets. I like Miami. Tyreek Hill's arm is supposedly going to be okay. He's going to be back. He's ready to go. Uh, Tua to Tyreek all day. The Jets' defense is elite, but, man, I'm telling you, when you start relying on the defense that much without the offense giving any production at all, you don't even tell me that those guys start to think twice about how hard they're playing, right? Come on now. I got I got Miami. I like the points. I do. I think it's going to be a big win for Miami. I, I'm going to fucking sell myself on <clears throat> Jets' new quarterback. Team gets fired up and rallies behind him. Everybody hates Zach Wilson. They're able to cover the nine and a half. I think, I think Miami wins. I think this is a bowling shoe ugly game. 
I think we'll probably get a special teams or a defensive touchdown from the Jets to keep it close. I think they're going to run the shit out of the ball. Uh, I think this is going to be something like 17-10 or maybe 13-20 Miami. So like Miami to win, I like the Jets to cover. These are some ugly games, Jess. Let's try and flow right Let's through them it. here. The Carolina Panthers, they stink. The Tennessee Titans still have a playoff pulse. I see three and a half pretty much across the board. You can get four at some websites. Uh, Tennessee's at home. Who you got? Even if it was four, I'd still take the Titans and the points. Carolina is they just there there's a lot of disconnects uh everywhere across the board on that team. And it does it's not exactly all Bryce Young's fault. Uh but I like I like uh Will Levi's jeans. Uh what, what yeah, Billy Jeans. Billy Jeans, I like Billy Jeans. Billy Jeans has had a rough few weeks, folks. So like, but I still I still like uh Will Levis and the Titans. Uh all he's gotta do is manage find a way to spoon feed DeAndre Hopkins. That that guy, I don't care if he's 42 and he's still going to be catching amazing passes from somebody. Like, that guy's an amazing receiver. Just Billy, Billy Jeans, pass to DeAndre, please, and you'll win this game. Carolina stinks. Uh, they are on 3-2-1 Cancun, and uh, I think you get a heavy dose of Billy Jean is not my lover. I think he's going to throw for over 250, and they're going to pound the rock. I, like, I love Tennessee and the points in this game. The Jacksonville Jags, one-and-a-half-point favorite on the road versus everybody's favorite, the Houston Texans. Woo. Let me make a quick, quick note on C.J. Stroud. Finally had a bad three-interception game. Uh, one of those interceptions was clearly his fault. The other two might have been on the receiver, uh, but one of them was, was just a bad throw. So with that said, uh, still progressing, not regressing, uh, not stagnant. A lot of love for C.J. Stroud on the show. Jess, one and a half, Jacksonville on the road. Who you got? A lot of love for the entire Houston Texans football team. I think that they're playing really inspired football. Shout out to the coach. Uh, that Everybody from, from head coach to defensive coach, uh, uh, offense all the way down the line to everybody on the field. They're just playing really inspired football. And I think a lot of that starts with C.J. Stroud. I mean, he's been probably the most surprising rookie player uh, this this season and just his his play has been phenomenal last week it was rough but we expect rookies to have rough games uh, in this game though I got to take the team which I think is the better football team even at home against Houston sorry Justin I love you but I think that the Jacksonville Jaguars they're not in prime time right now but they're semi close they're like right below prime time they're playing really good football them, themselves and much like Jason has has done for for since the kid got drafted, I just can't go against the Prince T T Law. I'm going T Law all day. I think Jacksonville Jaguars win, and give me one and a half. They cover that. I wonder which Jacksonville shows up on the road. Uh, this is a little bit of a Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde type team. I'm going Jaguars. My confidence is low. One and a half, definitely. I think they win by three or four points. This is this could be a scrappy fight type of uh, game. Would not surprise me if Houston fucks around and wins by like three or four here or pulls a field goal at the end to win another sneaky game. The new God, this game stinks, Jess. The New England Patriots, three and a half point favorite versus Tommy. Everybody calls him Danny DeVito. The Giants are at home. <laughs> they suck. It makes me very happy to say. Just who you got. 
Um, man, these teams suck. I'm just gonna tell. I think uh, gut feelings. The Giants win another one, and uh, the Patriots. You're lose. joking. I'm not wow. joking. I'm not joking. This is the fucking biggest upset of the year. I'm telling you right now. Wow. Uh, I, I I don't like anything that I've seen from New England, uh, and and yes, I, oh, you like something you see out of New York? Yes, I do. Giant? I will tell you right now, Devito has inspired some of these uh, offensive players. I'm telling you, this kid is not a good quarterback, and he wouldn't be a starting quarterback if the Giants hadn't employed heavily financially Daniel Jones, and then he get hurt, and he was stinking already in the first place. Let's be real. But this DeVito kid has come in, and he's got this fucking, like, Italian swagger going on. And uh, the crowd erupts, and, like, you see his mob boss-looking dad in the stands. I'm telling you, (laughs) his dad didn't crack a smile the entire fucking game. His kid's out there playing professional football, and his dad didn't crack a smile the entire game. Well, the only time I saw him was the Cowboys game, and someone's getting his fucking head I mean, I'm telling you right now. So the New England Patriots are not a very good football team. I know in the past couple years or so we would say, well, their defense is good. I don't even necessarily think their defense is that good this year. Their offense is incredibly bad. And, yes, the Giants probably are equal to both of those, but inspired football at the right time of year on Thanksgiving fucking day. Don't tell me that the Italian folks are not going to go – Vito, I'm taking the Giants at home. Outside of my conspiracy theory that Belichick is tanking for a quarterback in one last fucking uh, one last saddle up here, um, <clears throat> I I just have incredible issues picking the Giants and the pigskin buys on. I don't like anything I see out of this team. They stink. I know New England equally stinks, but I'm going Belichick here. Although if they lose. I'm not picking them for the rest of the fucking season. I'm cashing them out for the rest of the season. The New Orleans Saints, I'm not sure if Carr is playing or not. They're playing the Atlanta Falcons, two teams here that all they have a pulse. I see a one. This Oh, this is a weird one, Jess, if you see this one. I see a minus one, a minus one, a plus one and a half, a pick them, a plus one. When it's like this, let's just go pick them, Jess. New Orleans, Atlanta, Atlanta's at home. What you got? Typically, this means that the two teams are very evenly and equally matched. In this case, it means they are both evenly and equally suckish. Yeah, stinky. Uh, uh, You know what? I'm going to go just for the hell of it, just to shake things up. I'm going to go to the home team. I think Atlanta's going to find a way to beat the Saints. I know the Saints still have some breath left in them. But you know what? So do the damn Falcons. The Falcons are still fighting for stuff. Get Bijan Robinson the fucking ball. I don't know what Arthur Smith is doing. I think that he should have been fired weeks ago, mm. uh, along with uh, the, the coach Staley from the Chargers. God, God. I I've been even... saying that for a year, Jess. I know, I know. Look, uh the the Atlanta Falcons could probably have actually had a couple more wins in the bag if it wasn't for terrible head coaching. In this case, it's it's a it's a it's a good game. It's a holiday season game. I'm gonna go home team covers. I just don't understand, and this is where I give Tomlin credit because he's like, I'm gonna fucking sink with the ship here. If Pickett sucks, he sucks, and we're gonna fire coaches before we get replace them. Atlanta did the opposite. They went, no, we're getting fucking cold feet on Ritter, even though he is showing some shit. Let's go with Heineke. And I think Heineke is fucking worse. 
Uh, I like New Orleans just because I think they've got a few more studs and they tend to put together decent offensive drives. Uh, Atlanta just goes stagnant because they have shitty quarterback play. I like New Orleans. I think they win by three. The Pittsburgh Steelers, and here's another weird one. They're a one. This is some bullshit. Vegas Vegas is fucking with us, right? They're eating turkey already. They got they're they're not fucking around. Uh, they are all on the road. Now they do have a winning record here, Jess. Their record is I was shooting, I've been shooting on the Steelers all year, and a buddy of mine made it a point to say, uh, pal, you should stop because they only got three losses. I don't care. I'm still shitting on them. Uh, they're playing the Bengals. The Bengals are at home. Who you got? The Bengals are winning. How, how is this even? Wow. A, how is this even a thought? The Pittsburgh you really Steelers. Got the, the Pittsburgh Steelers are terrible, 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 terrible. I don't care that Joe Burrow is not playing in this game. This is what I care about. That Kenny Pickett. <laughs> Is probably one of the three worst quarterbacks in this league, and That's I it. and I think that Jake Browning probably is not bottom five. He's probably bottom ten, but he's definitely not bottom three. Kenny Pickett stinks. He breaks under pressure. He doesn't make correct reads. He's got all the athletic tools to be a starting quarterback, a competent one in this league, but has failed yet, and it's only year two. But he has failed to put any of it together, much like Justin Fields. So, and in this case, I would take Justin Fields. If Justin Fields was a Pittsburgh Steeler, they'd have three more fucking wins. I guarantee it right now. I'm telling you. Tomlin is not as bad of a head coach as you were saying at the beginning of this year. In this case, uh, I'm taking the Bengals, man. I think that the Bengals have much more talent. And all they really got to do is just play it safe with Browning. Have them make safe throws. Dump off to the running backs. Give Mixon the ball. Let him rush 15 to 18 times. Let Sam J. Perrine rush, you know, tw- 10 to 12 times maybe. Take the pressure off Browning and just let him make safe passes. The Bengals win. Yeah, Pickett stinks. I, again, Tomlin's going to ride him out, and I respect him for it. Uh, my quick dumb take that I'm now sitting on, if I'm the Steelers, uh, I do what I can to trade for Justin Fields. Damn. I I go all in. I really do. Listen, again, there's always going to be one I can fix some guy. I I think Tommy can fix that guy. You get the right coaches around him. Here's another one, Jess. Uh, I like the idea of Tomlin bringing in Leftwich to replace Canada and saying, hey, why don't we bring Justin Fields over? I'll tweak that fucker right now. Uh, with that said, I am in agreement with you. Uh, I think this is going to be 13-17 Bengals win. It may be even might lower. Be, <laughs> might, might be first to 15 <laughs> wins, second five field goals. Um, this might be one of those games where it's like, oh, the Steelers got 10 points off of fucking turnovers, uh, off of two turnovers, and that's the difference because they win 13-7. Uh, yeah, I I love where your head's at, and I think at some point they're, they're going to have to go old school, heavy, run the ball to create play action to hope you get those elite wide receivers some separation and also hope that quarterback can just make a good deep throw. Um, but I like I like Cincinnati. Yeah. I do. I think Cincinnati wins by three to four points. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are a two-and-a-half-point dog across the board. They are traveling to Indianapolis. Jesse, you and I were talking pre-show on this. Uh, what's this kid? Shaq Leonard? Is that his name? Yeah, Shaq, Shaq Leonard. 
So let me ask you this, Jess. Right now, if the Buffalo Bills had a chance to pick this kid up, I, I asked you, and you kind of sound. You said no. You said you like the chemistry. You like what the Bills got going on now. So you you still feel that way an hour later? Yeah, yeah, I do. So uh, I mean, here here's the deal, man. I think that Trell Bernard, as far as Buffalo is concerned, I think Trell Bernard is a true future linebacker in this league. He's he's the new hybrid style linebacker, that 220 to 230 pound guy. The days for the Ray Lewis linebackers are gone. They, you know, you need a guy who can cover and run and chase down tight ends. And Bernard has been doing that. Matter of fact, Bernard's got almost 100. He's almost reached 100 tackles already this season, and he didn't even start the first like two or three games of the season. So the kid has been phenomenal. And then the rest of the players have just been tagging along and doing what they're supposed to do and playing, you know, complimentary football, which if you're a Buffalo Bills fan, you hate that word by now. But they've been playing complimentary football. Uh, So Shaq Leonard is, you know, he used to be a stud, right? Well, injuries and age and time has kind of caught up and now he's he's slowed a bit. And the thing is, this is. Do you want to bring him along and possibly break up the chemistry that's already been built in your linebacker core in Buffalo? Or do you want to bring him in and potentially have him kind of have a, a rebirth and be close to what Milano was before Milano got injured and hopefully lead that linebacker core into the next level? And if unless it's a sure thing, I don't say we I say no. And I just don't think that picking up Leonard at this point in time is a sure thing. You how let me ask you this. There's got don't you think there's gonna be one or two playoff teams that give him a look like the Niners? I mean, potentially, you know, like I mean, that's always that's always the thing is is uh you know, it's a hit and miss world, man. You got to make sure that you have the right scouts and the right people, you know, paying attention to the right people. And I think Brandon Bean, uh, I think the Razul Douglas trade for Buffalo really paid off. Razul Douglas had a huge game against the Jets. I mean, two picks, forced fumble, couple t- a couple tackles. Uh, some of the other things, uh, we brought out old-ass Linval Joseph. The dude's 400 pounds, man. All he does is just stack a box. Like, he's a box by himself. Like, it's great, right? But I, for me... Uh, I'm a big chemistry guy, like as far as on the field, right? Like you play high school sports, you play college sports. And if you have ever played a professional sport, you know that you have to have some chemistry. Jay, you and I, you tell me all the time, like when these basketball teams make these huge trades, you're like, ah, give it 30, 40 games at least. I don't want to see anything less before I start counting them champions or being in that, in that box, that category. In, in professional sports, I think that that's, the right way to think i think bringing in a guy who's kind of battled some injuries and yeah he's healthy now but is he going to be healthy for the rest of the season or are you going to pay this guy six to eight million dollars for the next six games and and i mean what happens if you don't even make the playoffs what was the point of paying him you know so i think it's it's a it's more of a lose-lose than a win-win for buffalo to bring in a guy like that all right. With that said, I don't know if we did this game itself, but uh, Indy two and a half point favorite across the board versus Tampa Bay. Who you got? Uh, you know what? I'm gonna go uh, opposite again of what uh, Vegas is saying. I think Tampa Bay comes in and, and wins. I, I don't like uh, Indianapolis has not uh, hit a peak or a stride of any kind since Jonathan Taylor's come back. Uh, I know they've been trying to ride him a little bit more, and that's great. But I think the biggest issue is just quarterback position. Gardner Minshew is a very up and down, hot and cold type quarterback. When he's on, dude, play like he deserves to be in the Pro Bowl. When he's off, 
you know, he looks like Kenny Pickett. So, yeah. uh, you know what I mean? So like, I, I don't like, uh, I, I don't, I don't like how that's going. I'm going to, I'm going to go with the road team and I'm going to take Tampa Bay. And unfortunately I'm giving Baker Mayfield a little bit more love. You know what? I almost, I want to agree with you. I just have issues picking Indy at home right now. And I think there's going to be a little bit of an internal shakeup when you get rid of a guy that was loved in the locker room from everything that I understand. Um, I like it, but I mean, this is kind of that, that, that fucking owner. That's kind of how he rolls though. So, uh, yeah, I think this is a, another bowling shoe, ugly crap game where Tampa Bay finds a way to squeeze out a win. that might get some big plays out of the wide receivers and they'll end up winning 20 to 14. Uh, the Cleveland Browns. Oh, this is a funny one, Jess. They are on the road. They are a one and a half point dog to the resurging Denver Broncos. Who you got? Uh, I'm gonna go Denver. Uh, I think Denver's oh, on. Wow. Denver, Denver's on a little oh, bit of a hot streak. Shit. Uh, I think that they've, uh, I think the biggest thing, the biggest change for Denver's offense is not what Russell Wilson is doing. It's just the the way that they're calling the plays. They're calling the plays for certain players. And Cortland Sutton has become the the face of the wide receiver group, which I think is great because I think that Cortland Sutton is a very talented receiver. I think Jerry Judy is more athletic, but as far as talent, I'm not sure if I can sit down and argue that Jerry Judy is a better receiver than Cortland Sutton. Uh, so, and, and I think that it's shown in the way that the offense has played, they've kind of gone away from Judy, even in the slot, they've gone away from him. They found, you know, Javante Williams and they brought in some other guys and they've kind of leaned heavily, uh, more heavy on uh, Cortland Sutton. And that has been a huge factor for the uptick for Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos offense. I'm going Denver at, uh, uh, in, in, uh, I'm going to take the points. I like how Jesse uh, crafted that entire take without giving Sean Payton any fucking credit at all. And it was it was you, hard, but uh... it was sensational, and I'm proud of you. This is really a crowning achievement of yours. Um, you know, it's funny because I'm going the opposite here. I don't think we've disagreed on many games here, but I like Cleveland here. This is two great defenses you take that fucking miami anomaly game out and denver's defense has been really good and consistent now the past few weeks and that buffalo game is very telling uh i like cleveland here two incredibly tough defenses going nose to nose i know there might be the first of 15 wins and I think our boy P.J. Walker in Cleveland's uh, running game, they got that little two-headed monster thing back. They find ways to make plays. And it, I like Cleveland here. I like, so I love the points in an upset. The, oh, look at this. Another wacky and wild Vegas week. So I'm seeing uh, spreads across the board on this one, Jess. I'm going to go pick them. The Los Angeles Rams are a little bit beat up, I believe. They are a pick them against the Arizona Cardinals. Who you got? Uh, I so because he's been injured for like a year and a half, I don't get to talk much about Kyler Murray, but I am a huge Kyler Murray guy. I think Kyler Murray is a he's got the potential to be a very special quarterback in this league. And I know that people want to compare uh, him uh, or other, a lot of other people to him or his game, guys like Justin Fields and so on and so forth. But I think Murray just has this 
he's got this weird internal clock. His he's got a higher NFL IQ than he gives off. He kind of gives off kind of like he's a DeAndre Ayton guy, like DeAndre Ayton. All you know, no, I agree. Used to be in desert. That video video game, the Call of Duty thing. That that it's hard to get that off. But Kyler, I believe, has a much higher IQ than he leads on. And uh, I think that it shows on the field. He uses his legs appropriately. He slides. He used to be a baseball guy, so he's used to that. Uh, he's got a hell of an arm for a guy who's only like five foot four. I mean, I mean, he's almost midget size, but the guy can throw he can throw a 60 yard pass without, you know, on a dime. And uh, I think that he's learning. He's got a, he's learning to reuse this offense because the offense he had before he got injured is not the offense he has now. With that being said, I still like the Rams. I think Matthew Stafford is still a legitimate QB1 in this league. He's got uh, Tutu Atwell. He's got Puka Nukau. He's got other receivers out. He's got his running back, Kyron Williams, is supposed to be returning. I think that is going to be the biggest factor in this game, is their running game will be able to get back on track. I like the Rams probably by you know anywhere from three to six points. Yeah, I agree. I want to start by saying that. I like the Rams, and I, and I want to pick them. I definitely like to pick them here. So I think the Rams win by three to six points. This feels like a field goal game. <clears throat> it, the Kyler stuff is interesting to me because I don't. it feels almost like he's going into a tryout because he realizes this team has given up on me. This franchise, even though they've paid me well, they've given up on me. They've way and it's time for me to get the fuck out so everything that i'm doing now i'm doing to show my next team look i don't give up despite how much i'm down look i'm a gamer look i I do have a a better football iq than what people want to assign me with can i tell you who i'd love to see kyler on and here's another one jess if i am this team i take my i take my draft picks and i say we got to make a certain person on this team happy they got to make justin jefferson happy if I'm Minnesota, I go all the way the fuck in for Kyler Murray. And I go, let's get Kyler over here with Justin Jefferson. And all of a sudden we've got dynamite in a bottle. Wow. I would I would do that. I like the I like the Rams. I like uh, to win straight up. That's I see awesome. super I see the super sexy Buffalo game. I'm skipping it. I'm coming back. We're doing that last so we can do a little Bills Bills Mafia corner. Let's just jam through these, Jess. Kansas City, nine points, pretty much across the board. They're on the road. They're playing Vegas. Look better. Pierce has looked better, uh, but he did get beat last week. Who you got? got uh, taking a first L is uh, pretty hard, but I think Antonio Pierce can bounce back. Unfortunately, he's got to bounce back against the Chiefs, and they're going to be playing pissed off football because they lost to the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, I like the Chiefs. Uh, I like the points. I think they beat them more by, like, uh, two touchdowns. Oof. I you know so I like I like Kansas City to win, but I like the points. I think Vegas is going to play hard at home. I think this will be a little backdoor cover where they're down like ten, they're down like thirteen, and Pierce has them fighting like dogs to get it to six or seven points, and that's how the game ends. I like Kansas City to win, Vegas to cover. The Baltimore Ravens, I still think they are a top five team. They're a three and a half point favorite across the board. Might be a little bit of East traveling to West. They're playing the absolutely sucky Los Angeles Chargers. Jess, who you got? Uh, all I got to say is the Chargers, I'm on Jason's team. Coach Daly should have been fired last year. This guy is horrendous. That that little interview thing he'd had at the end of last game, oh, terrible. Just a terrible look for the franchise, terrible look for him. Like, it was just 
he's such a bad head coach. I feel like he's a really nice guy, though. Like, I feel like he's a guy who's like, you know, he he has like his church group come over and like drop turkeys oh, off and stuff for Thanksgiving wow. and stuff. Like, I feel like he's a good dude. But like, he's as a head turkeys coach, out today is like, what you're saying. like as a head coach, though, trying to tell full grown ass professional athlete men like what to do, he just can't do it. He doesn't X's and X's and O's might not be his thing. I this and and give me the points. The stark contrast between him and vape coach. Some it's like night and day. Baltimore rolls. Uh, ball, you, even with these travel west, I see the three and a half. Uh, your Vegas is being precautious. Uh, this is a run the ball down the Chargers throat and asshole. Uh, I like Baltimore. I almost like Baltimore by seven to ten. Chicago Bears, they stink. They're a three and a half point dog across the board. Monday night, they're coming to Minnesota. Everybody loves Dobbs. He's a he's just a, everybody's favorite story. It is a great story. I don't want to minimize, minimize it. But uh, with that said, they're a three and a half point favorite at home. Who you got? Dobbs is like the cool. He's like the cool kid on the block right now. Like he does like these really cool, funny like TikToks. He does these cool, funny like little tweets and like he's just like a he's I don't know man. Like he just he just like exudes it's a great like coolness, it's a great right? Story. And yeah, it's a good story. Look, man, if you've listened to the show at all. You most likely have heard Jason and I talk about we love good fucking positive sports stories. Joshua Dobbs is a good positive sports story. And landing in Minnesota, I think, was a huge break for him because they have an offense, even with Justin Jefferson being out. Uh, they still have some capable running backs. They still have some pretty decent receivers. And their offensive line is actually pretty good. Uh, the defense, his age, but they're, they're middle-of-the-road defense. You know, they're going to stop some people and let some people score on them every now and then. Uh, I like Minnesota in this game. Just when you think Justin Fields is breaking through the wall, the Chicago Bears just says, nah, we don't care how good you could be, Justin. We suck, so you're going to suck with us. And then they just pull him straight down. I feel bad for Justin Fields. I, <laughs> I'm know, starting he's, to start... Hey, he's out of there, too. They, I, I think they're over him. I think there's a full divorce coming Chicago. It's going to get messy. I think Gibberflus is out. I think fucking Fields is out. They're all they're, out, man. Everyone's fucking <laughs> I can't. I we we gotta we gotta talk to Chris about this one of these days to just get his feel on the Chicago side of things because I I feel the same way. I feel like this is gonna end ugly, yeah, but it is going to end in a lot sooner than people think. I like Minnesota and I like the points. Agreed. Four to five, maybe even seven if this gets away from Chicago. I think Fields is gonna put some fight up. Minnesota's defense is pretty stout. And they find ways to score with Dobbs. I think Chicago's defense is doing three, two, one Cancun. I think that that, that in-house there is shit show. Um, I like Minnesota. I like the points. The final game, and boy, is it sexy. It's getting me horned Jess. The Buffalo Bills. I'm not sure where they are at, Jess. I really am not sure where they're at. Since our last show, they lost to Denver. You've been asking for people's heads to roll. A head finally rolled. They come back. They look good last week against the Jets. They are playing the Philadelphia Eagles for, I don't know, maybe the last eight weeks I've been saying might be the best team in football. It's a three. I see three and a half, but let's keep it at three. They're a three-point favorite at home, Jess. Respectful. Who you got? 
I feel like this is Vegas's way of keeping the Bills kind of the hot team. Like mm. they've started off the season as the hot team. They've obviously cooled down. They get a win. They have a coaching change. And Vegas is back on like trying to get Buffalo to be the hot team again. I, I think that Buffalo is better without Ken Dorsey. I think Coach Joe Brady showed that he basically ran the same exact playbook, right? He just ran it differently, and he actually gave up more targets to other uh, offensive players. Like, it wasn't just uh, shotgun, snap, run up the middle, shotgun, snap, throw the ball 30 yards down the field to Gabe Davis or Stephon Diggs. Joe Brady took the playbook and said, well, Dorsey never ran this play. I'm going to run this play. And it did look different, and the players were hyped. But that's that's to be said – because, you know, players in this league, they look for something to be positive for to move them on to the next week. And so I think Joe Brady coming in, it was a positive thing. This week is different. Buffalo's defense is banged up. They got more banged up last week. Uh, Taylor Rapp went out uh, on an ambulance. Uh, thankfully, he's okay and he's he's going to be okay. Uh, but he's not going to play this week. So we have we're down to our backup safety. Or we're down our backup safety. We have Micah Hyde, Jordan Poyer. Both are like 32, 33 years old. Slow down a little bit. Taron Johnson might not play. Dane Jackson might not play. There's your starting nickel and your cornerback one. Christian Benford might not be back. So now we're basically getting ready to suit up Josh fucking Norman to, to eyeball A.J. Brown. I've got the Eagles. I like the points. A.J. Brown's going to go off for 140 yards and two touchdowns at least. I'm telling you right now. I don't think that it's going to be a blowout, but I think it's not going to be necessarily close. Eagles win at home. Wow. I wasn't ready for that. Yeah, um, this is a tough one, and I, I just used the Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde thing earlier, but I'm starting to wonder if that's what Buffalo is. I think there are games where they just look great, and they look like world beaters. And then there are games where they're just stagnant offensively and defensively just hanging around. Um, I think I, I think that much like the Cowboys, sometimes I go, all right, well, you know what? I think if we get into the playoffs, we've got a puncher's chance versus anybody, including the elite. Um, and so I, I, I do have some of that with Buffalo, but I – I wonder what Buffalo team shows up. And I, you know me, I don't believe in the, uh, you know, yeah, we lost, but we won mentality. Um, but this can't be a scenario where Buffalo goes, yeah, we won, but it was close and we lost in the last second. Now, Buffalo needs a definitive win here to show that they are one of the true contenders here and belong in that top tier and not teetering in and out. This would be a perfect uh, game for them to do that. But I agree with you, Jess. I don't think they do it. I think they're diff- I think defensively they're gonna struggle stopping. This Philly just keeps coming and keeps coming and keeps coming at you. Uh, and I think defensively they're gonna struggle with that front seven because Philly's blitz and Philly's front four, they got some dogs up there, man. And I I, I think Buffalo's line. You've mentioned it yourself. They've had some issues at some points. I'll tell you what, if I'm this fucking if if I'm this coach, it's McDermott, right? I'm I'm going to judge. Is, is it Judge now the offensive coordinator? Uh Joe Brady. Joe Brady. Brady, Brady, I'm sorry. I go to Brady and I go, listen, you see all these fucking quarterbacks getting hurt? You see all these teams now that I'll have no chance to make it to the playoffs or contention? You tell this Josh Allen to start fucking sliding. 
You tell this Josh Allen to start running out of bounds. You tell this Josh Allen to start fucking throwing the ball at the ground here because there's, there's too many fucking games where he's just getting hit. And we have this conversation way too much, Jess, where I'm just like, he's just getting hit too much. So Yeah. Uh, I like Philly. I like the points. I think Philly wins four to seven here. I hope Buffalo wins one because we need Philly to start coming down off of this pedestal. We need to start seeing some more chinks in their armor. Um, I also am concerned with the scenario where we are now 12 weeks in and we keep saying Philly hasn't played that perfect game. Well, maybe they don't have to play the perfect game. Maybe maybe that game they play is the perfect game and it, and it wins. So what are you going to do? Yeah. Well, look at when, you know, like those, both the two Super Bowl winning Baltimore Ravens teams, you know, back like, what was it, like eight eight and 12 or something like that or whatever it was, like both those teams never had like a perfect offensive game. I think that they, their offense was completely based on how well their defense played. Their offense just had to put up 14, 17, maybe 20 points. Their defense would just hold the other team to below that and then they would win games. I think this Eagles team this year specifically is really built like that. And and one thing that I, I was talking to a buddy of mine about is I don't think the Eagles expected DeAndre Swift to be as good of a running back as they had kind of thought that he might be. He's had a phenomenal season this year. And when you have a phenomenal running back, it takes the pressure off your quarterback. Jalen Hurts simply hasn't had to throw the ball as much or around as far because DeAndre Swift has taken a lot of pressure off him with the running game. And that's a good thing to have, right? Like you want to have a good, you know, cohesion between, you know, passing game and running game. And now the Eagles have that. And Jalen Hurts just simply doesn't have to put up 350 yards a game anymore. Uh, But in this case against Buffalo, like I said, the Bills secondary is just so banged up. A.J. Brown is just so big and so good. He's going to have a feat with their with their corners. Yes, I think we've did it. We've hit all of our games. Yeah, that's it, man. Uh, so, folks, again, shout out to Rob Nakamura for last the last show that we did. You can find him on X at JSpec the host. Follow Jason at Valdez spelled backwards five five nine. You can follow me at JTT underscore eighty one. And then please follow the show at Team Toss 21. Folks, we're coming up big. We're we're getting close to our 1,000th follower for Team Toss. It's very exciting. We're actually, I've seen, with the help of Variety Sports, at Variety underscore sports underscore, uh, with the help of Variety Sports and so many of their others, uh, Fat, Fat Boy, Fadeaway Sports, uh, Brian and Tyler, uh, all those Shout guys. Shout out to Brian and Tyler. Yes. Those are my two favorite shows right now to listen to. Those all, two shows, ladies and gentlemen. All those dudes out there, they're doing a bunch of shows. I swear to God, they're doing like 15 fucking podcasts oh, a week. Double it's Double insane. Podcast, too. Shout out Double Double Podcast. It's basketball time. I know a lot of our listeners aren't big hoops heads. Uh, I'm hoping we do more hoops here as the football season's still Yes, You know we always try and pivot that way. Uh, but shout out to that show as well. They are also on the Variety Sports platform. A lot of pickup between Team Toss, Variety Sports, and uh, don't forget to go to Variety Sports Network on YouTube.com as well. And there you can actually see the faces of these guys that we're talking about. You won't see our faces. We've talked about it, though, Jess. We've, We've talked, talked about, about it a little bit. We've thrown it around. We've thrown it around a little bit. But I don't think we're going to do it. 
you will see their faces. So shout out to Variety Sports. Again, Variety underscore sports underscore. Uh, folks, that's it for us. I hope you enjoyed the week. Please be safe and have an enjoyable holiday tomorrow, Thanksgiving. Uh, you will most likely be hearing the show either tonight or tomorrow, but I will make sure to get it up tonight because I, I know that people aren't going to necessarily be listening to a ton of podcasts on Thanksgiving. You got to give the people what they want, Jess. 1,000%. Everybody and happy Thanksgiving. We love y'all. Have a great holiday, folks. We'll see you next week. Thank you.